0: y'all. This is Trent Knox with The Trent Knox Show. This is Season 2, Episode 7, and I am joined by my good friend, Brian Kern.
1: show. I've uh, love the episodes that you've done so far, man. Been really into
0: it. We're gonna have to so. turn you up. You're very quiet.
1: Hear me better now?
0: Yeah. yeah. Here we go. Right.
1: No, excited to be on, man. Excited to be on. Uh, love the shows you've done so far and can't wait to get into some, some good topics and Yeah man. I'm excited. How you been?
0: I'm good. I'm doing well. Done a lot of things. Um, so I told you before that I needed to do some housekeeping uh, before I went into this episode, but, um, I kinda did it yesterday, so, today, we can focus on you first, so, first off, can you explain to the people listening, what, what does Brian Kern do?
1: Uh, So, currently, I am the host of the Common Chaos podcast. Common Chaos is is a project that I started probably about two years ago, uh, and it's kind of morphed its way into a podcast that I do try to put out on a weekly basis. Um, Much like this one, I sit down with people, have discussions. You were actually my first guest, um, and you helped me a lot through the way, like when I was first starting off, obviously, especially being associated with Austin Live and Local. Um, I also have a day job. I'm a sales manager at uh, a wireless provider. Um, I am a. I, don't know, I think that's it right now. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Hmm. At least so. for at least right now, at the moment. I mean, I've got other stuff going on, but I wouldn't necessarily say like anything too definitive or defining right now. That could change. Could change here pretty soon.
0: Sure. I suppose. Well, I, I mean, social media-wise, you've been doing a lot of things that you picked back up in the martial arts. Um, you've been taking a lot of documentation of that. You started a new show in the martial arts with the Working Class Violence with Alex Assad. Um, that is true.
1: And that's something that um, I'm definitely going to try to like spearhead a little bit more here coming up. Um, but that is yeah, so I guess podcasting a second additional one, the, the working class violence one. Um, I actually have another episode doing that and that was something that we didn't really know if we were going to try to do on the regular. Uh, it was more so for Alex's podcast um, but I believe that we are now. I know that we were originally discussing about just doing a couple and it's but yeah, I do believe we are going to continue that. It just wasn't it wasn't a for sure thing until, I guess, recently. I guess a couple of days ago. But but yeah, they, as well.
0: So let's go back a little bit, um, and go back to like the origin story. What uh, what introduced you to art, and what got you what got your artistic fluids moving?
1: I've always really been into music. Um, I can play guitar, piano, uh slightly slightly play piano, not well. Um, but music. I've always been really into music and I guess like movies and theatrics as well. I always like played around as a kid and just like every kid does, but I got I felt like I had a really vivid imagination. And I can't even necessarily say that I'm like too artistic because there are people out there that are definitely more artistic than me. Um but i definitely have like a desire to create something for people or to create something that people like pay attention to or be good at something that you know requires people's attention Mm -hmm. Uh, music is what kind of got me into actually being in front of people uh being in bands and and playing music with friends and learning to play music with friends and uh that that kind of was my doorway leading into the creative world and then um you know, being on front of a camera and and podcasting is something that I've just recently got into. Um, A lot of it had to do with obviously working with you and and going and doing a lot of the projects we were doing and and I enjoy doing that. I I don't necessarily know if I'm like too good at it or if I can like get better at it. I think I can Uh, and like doing the the stand-up and the comedy. I just, I like doing things. I like doing things that require like people's attention and I don't know necessarily being like artistic as well but I feel like you have to be artistic to kind of have that position Mm -hmm. Um, I played ukulele the other day for like two hours right so it was just kind of weird but actually sitting down and playing ukulele just an instrument I've never played before but it's very similar to guitar so it's easy and it's actually, like, sitting and, and fit, like, getting into the groove, by the end of it, I was, like, in my head, imagining that I was, like, getting ready to rock out, like, getting all jacked to play some, play music, but I was, I was just strumming around on ukulele, so, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um,
0: so, you, you had a project uh, when you were in high school, and then, I guess, when you graduated from high school, can you talk about those projects?
1: Uh, yeah, so, I mean, those were music related, uh, the one, I guess, at the end of high school, I don't really have anything in high school, but, like, at the end, getting out of high school, like, my last, my senior year, um, I really started getting into playing music with my friends, and I ended up, two or three friends that I played with, we ended up starting the band right out of high school, um. And it was just like your standard metal band from, like, the middle 2000s. It was uh, nothing, nothing that good. Uh, But we had a lot of fun playing, and it got us a lot of experience in terms of uh, just dealing with that type of, like, industry, I guess. We weren't on too high of a level, but we were definitely at the level where we were playing gigs and and making money for them. Nothing outrageous, but, you know, we were going places and playing shows and getting on some pretty you know, pretty big venues that are in the Southern California area. And it was, I don't know, it was a good three or four years of, of a lot of experiences that were new to us. And to be able to do, like, I always recommend to pe- people starting a band if they can. Like, if you're musically talented in any way, start a band. Have some cool experiences with some friends. Um, you know, preferably do it when you're younger, just so you have that freedom of being able to move about and actually know that you're going to be sleeping, like, in a van and on people's floors and spending money at pawn shops and thrift shops just so you can get, like, pieces of equipment to use, and it's definitely a good experience I think people should have if they, if they have the opportunity, and that's what I did, like, right out of high school, was able to do that for, like, four or five years and still have, like, part-time jobs and bounce around and do things, and um, that was definitely my first introduction to actually wanting to do something creative. Uh, but it's difficult because finding other people that are on the same page as you and, and want to go down that same route and that same road, it's it's tough. And once you get in it you're kinda like, All right, I see why this doesn't really pay off for everybody that's involved because it's a lot of work, you know. It's a lot of a lot of um a lot of things you learn doing it and I, I think it's probably one of the best experiences I've ever had, to be honest. I really I really enjoyed doing that.
0: That was uh the band? Chainsaw Experiment, which was... Chainsaw <laughs> experiment.
1: Horrible. There's horrible videos on YouTube and... Yeah.
0: And, and, and so, with that, you were doing, like, uh, off-the-cuff interviews at um, music festivals and such. What was that called, or did it have a name?
1: Yeah, so that was called... Um, it started off initially as IHatethescene.com. Uh, it was started by my buddy, my buddy uh, Matt Musselwhite. Um, he originally started that right out of high school as well as a way to, like, interview local bands and get into, like, the local shows we were doing because in Southern California where I was at, it was a pretty, at the time, it was pretty heavy for bands to come through on their tour, especially smaller bands, because uh, we're right along the 10. And... Uh, so for a chance to get into those shows and, and get exposure to those bands, he started this. Um, it was basically like an online radio kind of really, like before podcasting. Because it was back in like two thousand seven, before podcasting like really took off. Um, but he would just load up like episodes and videos to his MySpace like music player of just him interviewing bands, and then eventually he got a website and went on from there. And it was called I Hate the Scene. Uh, then it turned into Scene Radio. Um, or vice versa, it was scene radio, then it turned into I Hate the Scene, and it just followed like your independent uh, metal, electronic, hip-hop, it's basically like your underground radio station, and and that was, I was a part of that for a couple years, uh, on and off, he actually had it in California, stopped it for a while, and then moved out here to Austin, uh, and then when I moved out here, we kind of kicked that back up, but now he drives full-time for for bands, he's a tour bus driver, so. That's what he's doing now, but but that was pretty cool that that actually gave me a little bit of experience for what uh, we were doing with Austin Live and local, which I think maybe came in handy a few times like being able to sit and just talk and discuss things, and it's definitely got me into podcasting and and i, I I'm definitely pulling from doing that, but it's different because when I was doing that, it, I wasn't looking at it how I look at like podcasting now. I don't know how I looked at that doing that, because I was, I was young doing that as well. Um, but that was cool. That was a cool experience. Radio interview. I feel that that's my art. I don't know if that's necessarily an art, but I, I, I'm gravitating towards wanting to do something like that. Definitely.
0: So what happened um, in between uh, I Hate the Scene and starting Common Chaos?
1: Um, I mean, at one point, they were kind of going at the same time. Matt mm. actually... A lot with Common Chaos when I first started in terms of like getting in touch with uh, people out here. Yeah. And so they they did intersect for a bit. Again, it that was always more his project. So right, okay. To the tour bus driving that kind of took off, and it me getting re-involved with him out here in Austin definitely motivated me to to make Common Chaos a like podcast format. Uh, cause it wasn't always that necessarily. Okay. Uh, so he definitely kind of like, I don't know. Yeah. That, that played a part in it as well.
0: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, brief rolling back a little bit. I forgot to preface that Brian is from Southern California, the Palm Springs, uh, area, the desert area. And, um, he moved here in 2016. Yes. April. Moved, here, moved here in 2016, or here, sorry, moved to Austin in 2016, and uh, pursued a, what I would call it probably a career, a career uh, in Austin, and um, he brought down basically his whole family, nah, no, I'm just kidding, but <laughs> brought down a pack of people, and uh, has really been uh, living the Austin hipster lifestyle. Um, you know, eating guacamole on bread and uh, drinking Topa Chicos. Yep, yep.
1: <laughs> California's. I'm, I'm excited that California's getting Topos eventually.
0: Yeah. Because
1: uh, they definitely deserve to have that out there. Um, and the California on I don't know if the, the guacamole on toast is a is a California thing, but it's fucking delicious. I don't know why people hate it. It's so. know like it's
0: crazy. Sounds like a California thing. Yes,
1: um, it, it probably is. <laughs> it, was, it was definitely probably is, but it's fucking delicious. You guys got to get on the get on the train, man.
0: So, um, that's kind of a backstory of what Brian Kern is. Uh, you've been you've been starting up this martial arts thing. Tell tell me about what's going on with your martial arts training. Tell me what's what are some of the the positives and what are some of the 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 like negatives. What's going on?
1: Uh, so I've trained, like, mixed martial arts is really what it is. Jiu-jitsu, boxing, kickboxing, all that. I've trained on and off for probably five, six years. Um, my biggest time off was was this most recent, like, eight months to a year where I didn't even, like, bounce around at, like, gyms to roll around or, or get any training in. Um, but, yeah, I've been training for quite some time. It was just a little bit more difficult to find, uh, like, a steady school out here that I really enjoyed and liked being a part of. Um, but I found one now. Uh, it's called Sinister BJJ, and it's in, like, north the North Austin area. Um, and there's also Gorilla Muay Thai. They're, like, a, a joint thing. But anyways, yeah, I, I've uh, gotten back into doing that. Uh, martial arts, I mean, I did, like, karate and stuff when I was little, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm, among other sports. So I've always just been kind of into martial arts, and I'm a huge mixed martial arts fan. Um, and I figured what really got me into training, like, originally was if I'm going to talk about, like, the sport, I should probably know how to do it, and I also don't know that it's, like, a great way to get in shape, and I used to be really out of shape, and, I mean, comparative, um, but, yeah, and it's, it, it's just something that I, lo- I really enjoy doing, and I think that it's one of those things in life that, that, um, definitely helps people, challenges people, um, I don't know if I necessarily get, like, a, a super therapeutic response out of it, but I definitely, um look forward to going to training jiu-jitsu and 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 mma and i mean i'll just call it mma but i look forward to going and training those two specifically because it is it's a lot of hard work it's a lot of um trial and error and getting tapped out and getting choked and and sweating and you know having a hard difficult time you're fighting somebody for a short period and going at it for you know two hours in the class and it's it's definitely um like humbling, I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of people say that about martial arts, and I don't want to sound like a broken record, but it is. It puts you through some stress, but it's not unnecessary stress, or it's not stress that you're that's out of nowhere that you're not able to cope or handle. It's stress that you know you're going into, and you're sitting there figuring a way to get out of it.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: it's yeah, I love it, man. And um, a big a big thing for me was having like a team or people that I enjoy training with, and everybody at that school is awesome. Uh, me and Alex actually checked it out together. Alex is who I do working class violence with, the MMA podcast. Um, and he's actually a former fighter. He's fought before a couple times. And so he was looking to get back into it. So it just it was, it was a, like a right time kind of thing. Uh, all right. the pieces kind of fell into place. But it's awesome. If nobody does martial arts, I definitely encourage getting into that because it, it is. It, it allows you to... I think also prepare for real life situations. If you're ever in a situation where somebody wants to get hot at you, especially now, I feel like everybody's quick to want to pull out a phone when people start arguing and there's fights at McDonald's and there's a bunch of shit going on. Like you should definitely learn how to defend yourself, mm-hmm. which is important too. But and that's been fun. A lot of the people at the gym that I'm uh, that I'm going to are doing a lot. We have a, one of our tr- instructors going to Muay Thai here shortly to to um, to compete. Uh, One of our other guys, our jiu-jitsu instructors, is actually doing uh, a pretty big tournament out here coming up. I don't know if I can say but yeah, he's doing a pretty big tournament. Um, I plan on having them on on my podcast eventually, and it's been fun. It's been cool.
0: So now that you brought it up, what is the direction for Common Chaos? Um, What are you you looking to – who are you looking to interview, and what's kind of like the story you're telling?
1: Uh, So, I I feel like I've really honed in on what the message is with my last couple podcasts, Um, and then the one I'm also putting out tonight. I'm putting out an episode tonight that I did, Um, and it's really focused on that defining chaos and order. So, Common Chaos is my podcast. It's a discussion-style podcast where I sit down with guests. Trent's been on it before, Um, and it took me a a real long time to kind of have, like, that main theme, so... But I always knew that I wanted to kind of focus on life and progression and, and, and becoming, like, a better version of yourself, as everybody likes to say. Um, or at least helping people cope with, with how life is. Like, we see we listen to a lot of podcasts and we hear a lot of things from people that are kind of on that upper level, right? Like, they've got mm-hmm. the fan base, they've got the outreach, they've got the influence. Um, and so I think a lot of people take what they hear and think that, that they manifest that like within their own reality and it, it can be kind of hindersome I think and it can you know yeah we're listening to people that are successful and that have quote unquote made it but not everybody's in the position where they get those three or four good opportunities you know or they're they're in that position where they can capitalize like everybody does um, but there is I believe like you, you can really live your best possible life regardless of circumstance and opportunity there's just a way to find it and I'm currently like on that path, and I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of people are on that path. And um, I've I've been able to hone in that I think that it's a balance. It's a balance of having that chaos and that order. Jordan Peterson talks about it a lot. I really go into details about it on my last couple episodes. So if anybody's curious, come chaos on that. But it's I help people try to manage their balance, their, manage their chaos and their order in their life by sharing people's experiences, sharing my own experiences, learning from people. Um, you know, it's a wide range of topics, topics that, it's just, topics all about life, there's nothing specific, like when I had Trent on, you know, we talked about getting into business and like social media and, and just the facets of that kind of lifestyle and, you know, to be able to talk to Trent about that, who's experienced and has a lot of knowledge in that, it you know it paints a picture for people that are interested in that and it allows people to learn from your experiences maybe get some tips maybe get some tricks but also see that you know you're just starting off and you're in a position that a lot of people find themselves in where you have the experience and you have the momentum where do you go from there you know do you do you build your own project do you get involved with other creative people do you take x y and z you know there's and i just want people to learn from those um So, yeah, it's coming together. I'm eventually just going to go, like, listen to the podcast, and hopefully it explains everything, but... Yeah. Yeah.
0: Two things. Uh, Shout-out Jordan Peterson, and then uh, the next thing is... um, I don't know as much as I think I would want to know about social media, and I learned more about it yesterday having a conversation, but uh, about Jordan Peterson, uh, the first thing... um, I've been watching a little bit more of his con, uh, not his content, but content around him, and interviews he's been doing, and, and he, <clears throat> he shows, uh, he shows a certain side of himself in in different um, particular interviews, and um, I don't, I, like seventy five percent of me wants to be like yeah that, that's that's the right that's the right train of thought, and then other times it seems egotistical um, in what he's doing and what he is, his message he's trying to give. Um, and I think that that's, I think that's something important to talk about. I guess maybe the first philosophical thing to talk about is the, the death of the ego and, and and trying to be more 90%, uh, for others and 10% for yourself.
1: That's interesting because I touched a bit on ego, um, when I was just when I just did my podcast, and I think ego is something that is like it's there. It's it is that 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 cockiness, that arrogance, that that side. And I know what you're talking about. I think from Jordan Peterson.
0: I want to say though that that's not well. The here's what I, I was thinking. He, he goes clean shave, shaved into uh, an interview with Joe Rogan. And then he goes with, like, a complete, like, looking like shit, dragged out beard into the interview with Aubrey Marcus. And it seemed like when he was more, uh, uh, what's the word, like, caveman, like, with Aubrey Marcus, he seemed like he was uh, exuding more more of the extreme alt-right things that he's been accused of.
1: I think that there's context around both those situations, and here's why. A, the first part is Rogan reaches a very wide audience, and a lot of the stuff that is referenced from Jordan Peterson is from his Rogan podcast, especially yeah. when people are trying to defend him and his views against the people that come at him. Um, with the Aubrey interview... There's got to be context around that as well. Like, we don't know that Jordan Peterson like wasn't on vacation in Austin, and that's why he did that. Or maybe, you know, that was like, hey, yo, you're going to be in our area? Why don't you come through for a podcast? And Jordan just got done doing a week of, you know, maybe writing or something. Yeah, no, then- I get
0: what you're saying, but that's 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 also making an excuse. When you see someone, when you see uh, like Brendan Schaub, who, uh, um. Another shout out, Brendan Schaub. Uh, he's gonna, he's performing at Cap City this weekend. Um, when you see Brendan Schaub on his own podcast, to Joe Rogan's, to Aubrey's, to H three H three, wherever he is, okay. It, you can he's the same guy. He comes on. He portrays the same character. You know, universally, and I felt like in each different uh, aspect, you. You get a different Jordan Peterson, like you, you know mean, that's,
1: that's funny that you say that about Brendan Shaw because the Fighter and the Kids subreddit mm-hmm. is literally a shit talk fest on Brendan Shaw. and they they have videos where they think he's trying too hard or he's copying post yeah. he's been accused of stealing jokes mm-hmm. like it, it's funny that you think he's the organic persona all throughout when other people think that the the difference like. I, I think
0: that's jealousy, to be I, honest. I think it's jealousy. It,
1: it could be. It definitely could be. But I also think that that can be applied to Jordan Peterson, too. Like, I think Jordan yeah. Peterson, being intelligent
0: mm-hmm. and
1: affirmative in what he says, can come off cocky, and that's what, what I was trying to get to, like, like a second ago. Oh. It, it can be portrayed as cocky, or it can maybe come off to people that maybe are slightly offended by the things that he is saying mm-hmm. as cocky, when... That's just him. Like, if I if I was to define Jordan Peterson, I would define him as being assertive, because he is. He's very assertive of the things that he's that he knows or that he's aware of. Mm-hmm. Both opinions, I think, get kind of hurt when he says some things. And then, like when he dismantles people, he dismantles people on fact. He dismantles people on fact and statistics. And he's he's always very upfront when he's wrong. Like when Rogan corrects him, or when he did the yeah. Rogan. Weinstein podcast, they corrected him a couple times, and he he okay, you're right, I was wrong. He he's not ever argumentative that I've seen in the sense that he's like trying to combat people off of emotion, where I think people can kind of go at him with emotion, and he he doesn't respond, he doesn't react, and I think that triggers people.
0: I think I, what people also dislike is that uh, he tries he tries to uh, quickly a- acknowledge he's wrong, and then and then try to. Like kind of cover it up that he acknowledged it you, you understand what I'm saying yes 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 yes
1: yeah he does that I mean okay what you can't apologize too much you't do apologize enough it's, well
0: the, it need, when when someone apologizes it needs it's like it needs air time right it needs that breath so that so that people can feel it before right after saying something that's gonna gonna like uh, gonna cut people down.
1: Yeah, yeah. But it,
0: I mean, it it's different. Maybe it's because he's he's like pissing a lot of people off. That it's like that, because on an individual basis, the airtime doesn't need to be that long. You know. I also think that his main
1: concern is.
0: Oh. Uh, how,
1: yeah. Is how he comes across the people. Yeah, I think his main concern is just sharing his knowledge, and like.
0: Well, if he, that's the case, his main concern should be being right, and I think that from time to time because he's wrong that that's where the discrepancy, discrepancy comes from
1: that could be but so let's say you were in like a room with with Jordan Peterson right
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he, you you gave him a fact and he was indeed wrong right and he he apologized the exact same way yeah if, i mean if he if he does that over apology that might just be like something him, with him personally but he has to feel like he does that i don't think that's meant to be portrayed to people a certain way but we do definitely know. like obviously you notice that you notice that as either like a like a flaw or something that you um no you
0: know. i think that i think that uh, that what he's doing is correct it just doesn't necessarily uh provide those people who are more emotional with the satisfaction of 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 an apology you know what i mean so like he yes. goes from he goes... He's like, okay, I apologize. Now let's get to the... Get to business, you know? Yeah. And, anyway. Um,
1: so right there, and it's... it's, I don't know. I think he, he... He takes so much heat and it's for little things like that. hmm And... I, I... I don't know. I think that that's like just the normal... Why do you think people that are a little bit more emotional don't get that satisfaction out of them? Like, is it... Why is it hard for people to just understand that he apologized do you do you have like an opinion on
0: that or? um he why was have... and, and this goes to the fact that he has a voice like his voice right. is very okay. powerful okay right and and the people who are a little bit more emotional they don't necessarily have that person that uh can speak intellig intelligently for them. Right. Like Jordan Peterson.
1: I get what you're saying. That makes sense.
0: Because there's um, when you there was another interview with between him and like a British television female reporter, and she would just kind of like say the same thing again and again and again when he said no, it's this, and then she would say oh it's this, no it's this, and and that became aggravating. But that's the type of rhetoric that the emotional person who hangs on to these fabricated uh, you know um, assertions on Jordan would be like they he says no I apologize you believe it that way but this is the reality maybe maybe that's what it is
1: yeah do you ever feel that people get in conversations like that though and don't hear that like what if he was to say it that way oh
0: yes Mm -hmm.
1: she still wouldn't even hear it
0: Yes. Or who's to say
1: that someone's not yelling in her ear, keep pressing the question, keep pressing it, get them to fucking respond differently, or whatever, you know, who knows what the they're yelling at her to do.
0: Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah, 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 that's a problem. Uh, That's that's, uh, that's high-level production television. It
1: it is, and we all know that, like, especially when you're now, especially now, you have your one side news station, you have your other side news station, Mm -hmm. and they say the exact same thing. 18 different ways, but it's always that it's always going to try to produce that one response, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it's you know, so they can build whatever narrative. I don't know how conspiracy theory we're getting here, but journal those types of interviews are real difficult, real, real difficult. And I don't know, I don't think Jordan Peterson necessarily was prepared to be propelled the way he was into people's eyes. Like, no. it's great direct- that he's like, uh, do you know who Noam, Noam Chomsky is? Yeah. Yeah, so like him, like he kind of borders that that realm as well,
0: mm-hmm. but he's
1: been fighting stuff for the public to see for so long and now he's got that voice to where he can actually come out and speak about what he's speaking about linguistically if, or if it has to do with the economy. He did the movie uh reference to the American dream. Like he has that platform and he's good at it. Where Jordan Peterson made it into the public eye because of like a console. Right. And now that he's got people listening to him, in such and so many people in such a short amount of time, I don't know if he was fully prepared to maybe have to come in and deal with the level of stupidity. I'm sure he's dealing with.
0: Mm-hmm. You know. Well, I have so many different to- different topics to talk about and get to, but let's let's uh, let me kind of jump forward to uh, to the Demi Lovato uh, incident and and a lot of the stars that we've lost over the course of a year. Um, What do you think is causing this uh, social turmoil that's making public figures want to end their lives?
1: Uh, So, the short answer is... I'm not looking
0: for short answers.
1: I mean, it's not, it's short, we're like, I, I could literally open this up to, like, four or five different conversations, but what mm-hmm. I really am, like, narrowing it down to right now without elaborating too much... Yeah. ...is the, um, the state of... Okay, so let's take X, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And let's take little people.
0: Well, no, I know where you're going with this. Let's, let's kind of... I'm going to advance it a little bit. Uh, <laughs> like, Takashi69... Uh, is in the news because he's just trolling constantly and and people don't know whether it's real or not
1: well where I was going was it's just there's a lot more people in the public eye now yeah we're just recognizing how much how many people suffer from mental issues Mm -hmm. or issues of like anxiety issues and then when you're thrusted into this overwhelming reality of fame and money and decision making and people trying to influence you on both sides mm-hmm. like Macaulay Culkin look at him like his life for the most part was shit and he's a fucking weirdo I mean in terms of of how it was handled like financially how his, his parents relationship his relationship like he didn't live the best life and he got a lot of coverage because he was a child star mm-hmm. and it was rare at that time for someone to get that type of attention and to go through that in the public eye. Right now, but we have mass amounts of people doing it. Uh, you know, I think that
0: at different different it, scales,
1: these are just normal people, but just more of them are in the public eye now. You know, so you are you are going to have people that succumb to that massive amounts of stress. You're going to have the people that succumb to the pressures uh, of whatever may come but yeah you're, you're 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 just dealing with people that are just as unstable as the dude sit next to you in the coffee shop just as uh, as paranoid or as anxious or as stressed out as the doctor you saw you know when you went in and saw him. like these are real issues that i think a lot of people suffer from we're just seeing a lot of them in the public eye and i think that it's i think people should pay attention to that and i mm-hmm. think what doesn't help is social media and I know that you said you were learning a lot about social media, I'm kind of interested because you've always been the social media guy. Mm-hmm. And like, I de- it, there's a, we don't really, I think, know the effects of social media yet. We're gonna learn in about like 10 years, and I don't know what they're gonna be, but it's gonna be like character, of, like, there's gonna be social differences on a, on a pretty big scale. I think they're gonna recognize big changes in behavior, big changes in how people interact, and I think it's all through like social media and I don't necessarily know if it's good I'm not necessarily trying to sound like doom and gloom and it's going to be bad but I don't think people are realizing the impact of their lives constantly being monitored and constantly uh, you know trying to get attention or clicks or likes that little short hit of dopamine that everybody's trying to get I don't think people understand and we're seeing I think a lot of people fall victim to that especially I mean the X thing's a little different because he was murdered but the guy went out and then boasted about it on social media. Like, who does that? You know, let's like go into the to the to the news station after you committed a crime. Well, let's
0: hold on, hold on, hold on. That's that's fake news. How's so, that fake? News? Uh, because the guy, the guy who boasted about it wasn't actually the guy who killed him. So, like, but he was
1: one. that was arrested. No.
0: No he was he was he actually like he boasted about it on social media but he then made an apology and then said that it uh said that uh because x was murdered it affected his career negatively see that it, it's like you have pieces of the timeline which is which is all right that's Whoa. a part of the problem that is that is a big part of the problem because uh traditional news is not covering it
1: let me cite something else, because there yeah. was also, once the two guys that were originally arrested, Yeah, what I had read was they referenced that video and the video that he posted, or not videos, but he did like several posts through Instagram weeks prior, and they all had the gorilla emoji, and that apparently was like that gang's sign of uh, when they were going to do a hit or something like that, and... And that was from like a pretty reputable source, if I'm not mistaken. How do you uh, are you sure that that video wasn't real? Because they cited that yeah. video two gentlemen that they arrested.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just a it's a bit of a a confusion because there's uh, hold on uh, some feedback, but there's a bit of confusion between what this person who was trying to uh, there's these people called clout chasers. So like they for for whatever incident happens in the realm of the like social media giants, so then these individuals will try to associate themselves with, with whatever it may be like with Takashi's right, chain inject. Yeah, yeah, sure. So yeah, I... the that's where the problem lies. The individuals who are traditional media like judges, police officers, uh, you know, government in general um, they only get like small portions of what's going on in the underground media, the social media. now, what I was gonna say, you said you said you've learned a lot about social media. well, I haven't really learned <laughs> that much different these these social media is a tool are tools of communication, um each of them kind of existing in a different place. I mean, Twitter was mobile first. And Facebook kind of came on the web-based tools, so it's they each have their own different thing. What I noticed is is that um, the the analytics aren't right. Um, they're they're each of them kind of shows you a different look into who sees your content, right? And I had someone I I was speaking with a couple different people. Um, including like my family and people I hadn't talked to in a long time that they were seeing my content however I wasn't getting credit for them seeing it so I don't really know who's seen like who I know who's seen my podcast or my live streams or whatever Um, other than the people who will go like either directly or or but sometimes people see things indirectly okay and and um, and that becomes a problem because who are you it it becomes a problem because then you don't know who who you're trying to create content for or because the audience that you you that is being delivered your content uh, is being determined by someone other than you so like if it's Facebook they're determining the the content the way who is going to be distributed to so if I could like anyway like relate this to anything it's kinda like uh, it's kinda like being signed to a major label as a musician and being shelved for a bigger artist by and the tactic would be that the the musician is made a new album and they're gonna pick which songs sh- their budget should go to, their their uh, radio budget, their press budget, all their budget. What songs they're going to, and the label says, "Nah, we don't like that song. We're gonna go with this one," and it flops. And if and then the other song, it kind of it's kind of going, but it's not going in the way that it would if it had a huge budget behind it. Yeah
1: and I so I just recently talked with someone and they said that they're throwing a god like a god awful amount into marketing and advertising. Mm-hmm. And that's when it kind of triggered with me where I was like, oh, okay, like that's really where your big investments have to go nowadays because the way that they just have the advertising and the marketing dialed down to algorithms and just it's just advertising in our faces constantly and again, it's one of those side effects of social media where I don't think we realize how intense it is. Mm-hmm. And that's where the money goes to, man. The money goes to filtering the content. And really, if you're going to pay that much money on marketing and advertising, chances are you've got a company that's doing it for you. You know, you have yeah. a, a company that's probably backed by some sister group of fucking Fox or CBS or something, and you're getting that little extra bump or that push. And so that is you know that is i think the case but you also see the people that essentially kind of hit it without necessarily having that opportunity or that connection Mm -hmm. but what i've realized yeah but that's
0: that one percent that's that one percent uh like double blind test slit that you got to go through that you're because you hit the glitch and the glitch sent you Yeah,
1: yeah yeah i can understand that um and yeah, exactly. That's what it is. There's that glitch where those like, w- yeah, exactly. A fraction of 0.1 percent of people actually make it from nothing and hit that glitch and make it through. Um, but you do see quite a few people that claim that they have. Like, um, I mean, I hate to. I know you like Ty Lopez, and I hate to shit on the Ty Lopez, but the, I don't mm-hmm. think the dude really does anything different than anybody else. And I know, I know, like that's like the meme that is Ty Lopez. Yeah. But. I mean, he. Where like, what is he doing? What is he really doing other than probably funneling? A he's a traditional, he's the
0: traditional. He's the traditional motivational speaker, like the one that we used to see that would come to like our local um, event center or come to our high school to speak. He just kind of says these blanketed things that it seems like everybody should know, and that, that that's what makes him famous.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, okay, so I guess, yeah, exactly, he was a bad example, but th- what, there are people out there that claim, that quote-unquote make it, right, mm-hmm. because they have the means to spend that 40000 in advertising, just like, yep. that makes sense, like, and, and at that point when you had the means, were you really fucking scraping the bottom of the barrel and making it, or were you just opportunistic and you said, hey, I have 50 grand I can spend on advertising, I have a good product, I have this, I have that. I bet you I can hit that next little, you know, spike in popularity. Yeah. Grand, you know, it, it's different. But I also think that there is there's there is an organic way to grab reach. And I, I don't think, think we've ever
0: talked about it like this before, you and I, but yeah.
1: And there's an organic way to grab reach, I think. But it's, like you said, it's a sliver of people that can actually get through that, that, that hole and make it to the next level that are actually you know, not anywhere. Like, you, you and me are around artists all the time, mm-hmm. Like in the sense that we're down on 6th Street seeing everybody hustling, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Who's making it? Nobody. There's probably 10 people we know in Austin that are actually putting in a lot of work with a mix of good marketing, good advertising, good good artwork, good promotion, and they're actually putting in the work that might make it out of Austin.
0: Well, in addition you know, to that, we got all these uh, these old heads uh, you know, telling them that they're not ready, they don't have enough, this, that, and the left, and I think that, I think that, that it's a difficult thing regardless if you have a catalog of 30 songs, or or, a catalog of 30 albums, or you're on your first album, you know, you could put out three, 30 albums you think is a classic and it not get the global attention that one album from uh, some random artist off the street gets.
1: Right. Oh, That
0: The best way to explain that is the homeless man with the golden voice.
1: Right. And wh- how many times are we going to hear a fucking shitty Kings of Leon song? Like exactly, mm-hmm. but Kings of Leon, for whatever reason, hits that ride, hits that roller coaster, and is able to fucking enjoy it the whole time. Mm-hmm. And the Golden Boy is the homeless guy. But and you know, people, that's it's almost more like there's context to that. And and not to be like philosophical, but you know, there's lessons to be learned and all of that. Like, did the homeless guy make the best decisions growing up? Maybe he didn't. You know, maybe he did fuck up. Maybe that is a prime lesson. Like, hey, when you fucking... That's probably that, a bad
0: example as well, though. Um, because, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't pursuing, he wasn't really pursuing it, you know, for any long time. It was just, it was caught off guard kind of. But the people who...
1: Oh, yeah, pursued- you're talking about the legitimate news guy, right? They, they were pulling up to with a... Yeah. And he would, okay, I, I'm just talking like a... I was referencing more of just like a homeless guy that does sing, sing on a corner and has a fantastic... Oh, yeah. ...and didn't fucking make it. Well, why didn't he make it, you know? And
0: well, the re- yeah. I mean, that particular... If we use the the actual uh, event as a reference, that was very off-the-cuff, off, off the cuff, uh, yeah. unexpected. But what I'm saying is, like, the people <laughs> who are in it for a little bit, and the a lot of it has to do with the algorithm uh, not like the marketing or anything, but a certain time of day may change, uh, when, and not even like if you schedule it, but like just because they did it at that time, it's a, it's a lottery. It's a gamble.
1: Right. Right. Um, and that's a lot of it too, man. A lot of it is a gamble. Like you don't realize until I think you start working with, um, you know, you, you never go and directly start working with Fox, right? You always work at, like, that parent company that's owned by another company that Fox owns, mm. right? And you work a ladder, like, if you're an intern or something like that. Yeah. There's, there's, um, there's a lot of people that, you know, you brought it to my attention, that just get picked up for, like, a fucking 360 deal, right? They get yeah. picked up, they get their shit bought and sold so they can't fucking make it on their own, and then they're fucked, right?
0: Yeah.
1: That alone... Goes to show you how many people make it in that one room, but then never make it out of that one room, right? Mm-hmm. They they never get to that next national tour level or that fucking uh, headlining festival level. Like they didn't even make it out of that first room that they worked so hard to get into because they didn't have the experience or the knowledge to know how to work it better, or they didn't have the wherewithal to approach it differently, you know? And that right there is kind of like this immediate gut shot to everybody because, like, you can fight for 10, 15 years and try to make it into that one room, but if you don't have that experience and that knowledge that I think a lot of these older guys talk about to these young guys, that's maybe what they're talking about to an extent. Like, hey, if you don't know how to play that role once you get there, you're not going to fucking make it because you're going to be stuck in that room with everybody else that just got to that level. Mm-hmm. Like, on level 8 of the 20-level game that nobody can beat, you know? like yeah, And that's... For some people, that's defeating you know then why am I even trying if I if I, maybe I started late or maybe I you know didn't make it uh, didn't make some right decisions before and now you're having problems pulling the trigger on decisions or whatever it may be right that's defeating some people that have that kind of mindset and I think it can uh, discourage a lot of people but I think for other people too it makes them want to like find out more pieces to that puzzle okay well what happens when I do make it in that room then what do I do Then who do I got to talk to? or How do I have to handle myself in order to get out of the room? And then that's when you start talking to the people that maybe made it, you know, and that, you know, everybody makes it, everybody's at the bar, everybody's getting drinks, everybody's in that clique. Well, which ones in the clique are the ones that are maybe on a little bit of a higher plane, you know, that'll Mm -hmm. help you get out of that room rather than being stuck in there with everybody else. I think people can approach it that way too. But it's, again, it's a fucking gamble. Who even gets into that room? How is that, you know, is that, is that... Can anybody just get in the room? No. And that's, that's where it gets, that's where that wall is with people. Like, not even everybody gets into that shitty failure room. So where are you at prior to that? And, you know, I think a lot of more people have the opportunity now with, again, the way social media is, the way that people are networking and hustling and, and getting their fucking connections made. Um, but I also think that a lot of people are kind of in for, like, that rude awakening of you maybe aren't ready. And who's to say that the old bucks out here that are telling the young guys they're not ready are, are right, you know, and incorrect in what they're saying, but I think that a lot of it comes from that.
0: Well, you know, uh, some, and I'm going to wrap it up a little bit here, is that, and I'm, I'm kind of disappointed because we didn't really get to much, but um, the, the Justin Biebers of the world that have been in the game since they were eight, you know, successfully, you, you brought up Uh, Macaulay Colkin, um it's a different game you know it's a millisecond or even maybe slightly less than that with the internet and until the the viralness of something can can pop you know and um you know a good a good way to look at this is like with Demi Lovato the, Gary V said this, and shout out Gary V that if you go back and you look at the past six posts up to the point in which she, uh, was doing Almost Killed Herself, uh, it's painting a very different narrative of someone who is suicidal, you know? Um, but at the same time, I don't necessarily think that we can, uh, define what someone who's suicidal looks like in their lifestyle. Um, But you would think that a... Because, obviously, she's not... Well, not obviously. We don't know for sure. I don't know for sure. I mean, and I'm including you in this we, is that whether she's in charge of her social media accounts.
1: That was my first go-to. And I admire... I like Gary Vee a lot. I'm I'm a big fan of Gary Vee. That's real easy for him to say because he is organically behind his Instagram. He is Mm -hmm. on it all the time. But I I mean, you and me both know a lot of people aren't. A lot of people don't handle their Instagrams. And that, I think, even goes into a deeper conversation of who does she have around her? Does Mm -hmm. she have people that are acknowledging a problem and are managing her Instagram just to make the outside perspective seem like everything's hunky-dory? Or are people saying, hey, we don't need to be paying attention to the Instagram. We need to make sure that Demi's okay. Like, who, you know, that's a whole other conversation to have as well, but I think that being able to paint the narrative off the Instagram posts, yes, if it's really her, then we are getting some mixed signals, and it may not be, you know, there may be a certain way we have to approach it, but if it's not her controlling her Instagram, which is a very big possibility, then that doesn't even make, you know, what what are you really going to take off that? Other than the conversation I mentioned a second ago, like, I don't. I don't necessarily know if if that was. Yeah, how, okay, so then that's. What do you think? How do you think social media plays into these? Because uh, uh, <laughs>
0: like I don't want to down. I don't want to like then dive down this this other rabbit hole and 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 take people behind like the the veil yeah. too much because it can get scary. It gets. It can. And what what do you do? You, we talk about
1: social media having like an impact negatively, right? What if people yeah. did have like a better positive impact with social media? Would we be able to tell if somebody was suicidal through social media? I think people's depressed thoughts right now on social media and their posts, their blog posts, there's so much of it being flooded into people's eyes right now that it's losing its its you know, it's like when people die, when you're a part of a bigger population and mm-hmm. someone dies, it loses its impact because there's already so many of us, you know? There's a comedian that said Something about 12 cats. It was on Rogan. If I walked into a fucking house with 12 cats, I wouldn't mind if one of them died. But if I only walk home into my house with one cat, I'm really going to feel the impact of that cat's death. Like, yeah. are we going to get to a point where we can start helping people cyberly? Like, people get cyberbullied. How the right. fuck are we supposed to go from cyberbullying to cyber coping? or cyber therapy like when it's so hard to read signals and messages and that's, the, that's what I was talking about when it comes to social media Like we're on the horizon of a very weird social future and right. I, it's, we're seeing it this is it this is, and that's crazy that Gary V goes to the Instagram because who, we wouldn't be talking about that five years ago we wouldn't be talking about people being depressed through Instagram and, and being able to read those messages and those signs that's craziness
0: um,
1: okay, I think th- I think
0: I think that it was Twitter at that time. You know.
1: Oh yeah, that could be, or you know, MySpace. Like I said, we were fucking yeah. doing MySpace back in the day, but that's where it originated. And mm-hmm. now kids are in, you know, MySpace. I was in middle school when that came
0: out. Well, maybe. for for you and I, maybe, but like there was before before that, there were these forums and and Friendster and all this other. Uh, all, all these other sites that su- didn't succeed in in uh, the way that because at that time they weren't they weren't considered businesses.
1: Yeah, and they weren't they weren't used to propel people to stardom. They weren't used to yeah exactly. It was a completely different world. It was yeah. its infancy. It was like it was like UFC in ninety three, like fifteen mm-hmm. minute rounds, no gloves. There was no structure to it. Yeah, but the structure that's coming along, it's working. Yes, but are we like future prepping for what could happen? Right. And I think we're seeing that. I think you know what the first thing that pops up on Reddit when a celebrity dies is the list of tweets people shout out. You know when uh, they hear about yeah. the news. Yeah. Who's attending the funeral? Though. Who's going to the actual ceremony?
0: And, and we've talked about this before. Um like, you and I, I heard it on someone else's podcast, they were discussing, like, okay, top five artists you would, you would have, you would possibly go to their funeral, and then, dot, 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 you know? Yeah. But let me skip over that, and go, I think that the scariest thing about the, the veil that is over the average consumer, and including myself, because I keep on going through this, and over and over, is the there are multiple versions of of yourself as a user on on each individual platform Right um, would you
1: be would you be willing to call those like multiple egos
0: No uh, well th- I mean like literally so like so like uh, like if let's say you're using your and and then that this gets convoluted but I mean let's say you had one poor f- uh, one profile. That particular photo... Sake of,
1: real quick, for the sake of originality, can yeah. I go pick my suit up while we're doing this?
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Okay, cool. So, keep talking, and you folks out there might hear me be picking up my suit. Yeah, that I so, just got.
0: that's perfect. Awesome content. Uh, <laughs> here, uh, what I'm saying is that that it can be... You can live a life on, within that one Uh, profile in multiple different like ways so like other people can meme your your particular video or whatever uh, or photo and have it exist in a different context hello? Yeah, I'm here. I didn't know if you were asking
1: a question, so you were asking a question
0: with that. No, I'm I just saying. Just I'm saying like happen. I'm. I was just saying that they can exist. It can exist in a lot of in a lot of different ways, and it definitely can. Yeah, and as a result, um, it you you get lost in what what what's really happening, and then absolutely. Is this something else from alterations? Yes. How me your name sir? Uh, Brian Kern. Sure. Awesome. Yeah. Let me go back up. Yes. Okay. And then, uh, so you you get that, but when it becomes like a Demi Lovato situation, there are there are individuals that are in charge of the image of Demi Lovato on each different platform.
1: I mean, I do again. Are we stating that we know that as a fact, or that's a possibility? Because it definitely is a possibility. No, it, but it, it is.
0: A, it it it. Whether whether in actuality, that's the case, it doesn't matter because people that don't have permission to be painting her another picture are doing that, memeing her and uh, put it, posting her pictures in fake profiles and then, um, you know, creating. Profiles on yeah. creating profiles on different types of web platforms, claiming sh- this is the real her, and you have people in 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 countries other than ours that are accepting that for the reality.
1: Oh, yeah, no, 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 we're good. Um, that I agree with, but. I mean, we can even go deeper and say, like, her herself, or five different personalities, when she picks up the five different Instagrams, if she's managing them herself. Yeah. Um, but are we, are, with Gary Vee's comment, yeah, are we meant to have to manage people now through social media and through the regular... Yeah. or are we just kind of left to say, well, this is another a tragedy victim, whatever you want to call it. Um, we need to focus more on like her own individual health. Like where's the attention gonna go? I think the attention that, like Gary Vee and people are putting on the social media Well let's let's say that... important. But it's it's gotta it's gotta be important because it affects things on the levels that are important. Like social media management now needs to be, you know, probably rewritten for people that are in those positions like, hey, ethically we need to be paying attention to the client, you know, in this way or whatever it is. Like you've got to have that type of I think growth if we're going to have those discussions if we're not going to have that type of discussion then it's not really worth having the discussion like if we're not willing to change how people view social media or how it's used or how it's ran then there's no point in having that discussion because then it's just going to be
0: ignored does your mom have uh, have access to any of your social media access? like my passwords? yeah or like my no why would my mom have passwords to my social well, media I, I, I'm just <laughs> I, I don't mean to make this be a joke or anything like that but my, my mom has accessed my Facebook before, you know, and you know other people have accessed. I remember when my MySpace was uh, hacked by somebody. But Facebook seems to be not so much uh, being hacked, or or maybe they're more aware of the of of the hacks. But it, in the same line of. Sp- uh, line of t- context they are trying to determine you what you would and wouldn't do right
1: and so with uh i always kind of had this outlook on parenting right because i've never been too fond of ki- of wanting kids of my own
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but there's one thing that i realized when i was growing up is, is like when my parents it, it, people talk about it all the time like that resistance when your parents tell you not to do something, you want to do it, right? There's some kids that are taught and have it in their in their system that, you know, they don't want to disappoint or maybe they don't want to do something that's going to get in trouble. But for the most time, kids test their parents. And having that additional aspect of social media, your parent I mean, I didn't experience it, so that's weird. But I can only imagine if a parent is going to have control over a child's social media. Like – and I get it. If you're in middle school right now and you want to Facebook or Twitter and Instagram – you know, yeah, if you're going to be a responsible adult, you probably do want to have control over your kids when what they do to an extent. But does, does it help the kid? I don't know. I don't know if it does.
0: But and where does that end? You know, where does that uh, consistent... I don't
1: any parents that do that. There are parents that come in to my work and say, hey, I need to make sure that we get their passwords and stuff, and it's just like, okay, so this parent is that type of parent. They've got all the control. So how does that help? We don't know, I, but it, I, I don't see many parents willing to do that. I think it'd be probably easier just to not allow your kid to have any. I mean, if the kids have access, I don't know. I don't know. You'd have to keep your kid completely disconnected if you don't want them to have social media.
0: Thank well, you. no, what that's not necessarily what it is though. They don't. I don't think these parents di- don't want them to have access. I think it's. Um, I think it's they wanna. They wanna. They wanna experiment with with the way that the interactions are are being made so like
1: (laughs) like living vicariously through the kids
0: yeah like bizarrely and 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 that's that's terribly bad for a male and female relationship because the male is not gonna you know is gonna want to fuck bitches get money and the the female
1: it's your mom's house what It's it's the equivalent of living in your mom's basement
0: at like 35. No, I don't think so. No, no, no. No, because in that situation, you can control yourself and walk the fuck out the door, right? Uh, I mean, yeah, but wouldn't that be the equivalent of like getting on social media? Like, being, like, no, a, no, I don't think so. I got, think. Got hacked, can't add me. No, what I think is like, what's. I mean, the only way to explain this is like, in a very like weird, like fucking twilight zone situation was I was like on Facebook and I was browsing and shit and I found this account of a of a girl who got kidnapped and there was like all this all this on there and then like the social media was like overtaken by her mom who like stole a uh old or not stole but found an old phone of the daughters um, with the Facebook still logged in so she got into the account and then overtook it, changed the password and then like there was like in the comments you could see a huge conspiracy of like oh you were the one who did it, you're the one who who killed your own daughter, she was murdered, she blah 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 and wild and I was just thinking like wow like we are in a weird like weird world because if you're not on social media, you're irrelevant. If you are on social media, you're irrelevant because where is the actual like real connection that you make like with each other in the in the real world?
1: Or what sure.
0: is what is the real world? I, no, mean, I was
1: gonna my question. Are we ever like? I don't necessarily think that that's like there is a real world anymore. I think our world is transitioning to this like digital cyber. No, because
0: you and I met. You and I met in what would be considered the real world.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying yeah, but that was like, what two years ago, and that was like that still happens. I'm not saying that that doesn't exist anymore, but it, I believe as we progress digitally, that we're again with the social interaction change, we're going to see a difference in how people meet and greet, how people. I mean, social media has changed the way people date. Like that is a already already a measurable impact. like people have changed the way that they're dating and engaging with people of the opposite sex in hopes of starting a family because of social media. And
0: yeah, but the the problem with the the dating portion of this, uh, especially in the like opposite sex, is because there are all these algorithms that were designed by people of the old world. Uh, and we haven't yet seen the uh, the media of the new world start doing the uh, doing the design because we have a lot of racism w- built in and sexism built in within these platforms through the way that the the people were thinking in the old world.
1: Yeah, I mean, and it's it's gonna grow with 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 anything. Uh, I mean, the like Tinder and Grindr and all those fucking weird dating apps that are out there. Yeah, it's not. They're not perfect, you know. And you see a lot of swipe lefts, I'm sure. And you see, you see it now. You see the, the. You know, I, I had a discussion on my Facebook recently about uh, gun control. Mm-hmm. A couple back, they got a bunch of people riled up, and one of the comments on there was that uh, men feel like uh, de- demasculinized, like they're 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 not masculine. They're losing yeah. their masculinity, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it you know, they 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 attributed it a lot to. Uh, To how people are, you know, being treated over social media, like rejection, like men are receiving rejection at higher rates now because they get no likes or no swipe rights or no matches on their profile rather than busting up to go to a bar to talk to a girl and have her say no. Well, the problem
0: here's here's weird, though, uh, about the like the, the apps like Tinder and stuff like that is that it's it's a female platform. It's it's geared for the females now. If it was geared for the males, it'd be a whole lot different, right? So, in order for you to like, in order for the platform to work at all for a male, uh, the girl has to match with you first, and and how how often is that? That's not even old world mentality, because old world mentality would say that the the man approaches the female first, and and uh, and court. Courts the female to begin a begin a relationship.
1: Right, um, and I think that with that, see that's a big social thing because I think the social dynamic for women, especially now, is changing, and uh, so it's, there's a, definitely a re uptake in like women's rights, and there's definitely more emphasis on um, relationship uh, norms. Yeah. You know, you see a lot more stay-at-home dads. You see a lot, you know, uh, and so I think that is that's going to coincide with the chain with what social media is already doing to that. What's interesting to me, though, is when it's going to eventually have that flip. When are we? When are we going to go from right now? The most effective way is still communicating, probably face to face, over dinner, over a glass of wine, whatever it may be. When are we going to hit that shift where the more effective way becomes those short? 5 minute algorithm matches because the algorithm already
0: knows that you're
1: likely to hit it off with this person right yeah you
0: know and that's what when do you start when do you stop disagreeing with the algorithm and just following the algorithm and going with it and you know you get the match you go you fuck you might have a baby and you leave
1: yes it's because the algorithm has got your pictures and they've already they've already done the morph to morph with the other, you know, the other picture of the mate
0: and what it can potentially
1: look like, and science is awesome now. So it's a ninety-eight percent chance it's going to look identical to that beautiful baby you just saw.
0: Yeah, you know, it's crazy. All right, I'm gonna let you go, man. I appreciate you hey, coming on the we, show. Can we, can we please do a part two? Because I feel like we just. I've, I I'll I've be in California all week. You can call me, and I'm, I'm literally not doing anything. We can do a part two. I I want to go back and listen to this this one and see where we can pick up some some of the the topics that we talked about. I think we came to a good one here, and it's it's the nanny state, and uh, and I think we the can nanny state. Yeah, um, have you ever heard that before? I have not. No, and I was gonna say too.
1: My my social media dating. Like, I never was on Tinder. I was never on, like, the social media apps. I did slide into DMs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was never, like, really engaged in those dating apps. So I can't speak to, like, the effects of getting swipes. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, I definitely... You've heard
0: of what a nanny camera is, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah so yeah, essentially yeah. what the nanny state is, is within your uh, pod... <laughs> within your pod, you are being monitored by a like, they're making an effeminate, but an effeminate character, and on top of that is the big brother state when you move, when you leave that pod. And then on right. top, right. top like, it, it, it get, and then on top of that, you get another state, which is probably the god state, and, um, that's just kind of, like, you know, monitoring and, and, and determining uh, what... What uh, enters your filter bubble. Anyway, so I'm going to let you go. <laughs> and yes, and I, I hey, when I get back, I plan
1: on having you on. So, um, you know, hopefully we can get that done. And I'd like, yeah, man, I would really like to do a part two. Thank you for having me on, and it was fun talking.
0: Maybe we'll do part two on yours. Yeah,
1: we can do that, definitely. Uh, I, I'll get you the week. The re- I get back next uh, Wednesday, so I'll get you in like next weekend. All
0: right, sounds great. Um, yeah, cool. All right, talk to you later. Later, man.